Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Reverend Brother Raymond LaGrange. Let's begin with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're speaking about a topic that comes up in spiritual direction, um, and that is how do we maintain peace of heart? Not simply the peace that's the absence of all wrong or suffering or evil or difficulty in the world, but that deep interior peace that Christ alone can give. How do we find it and how do we keep it? And it just so happens that Father Jacques Philippe, uh, a very popular author um, and and a priest, uh, has written a book on this. It's called Searching for and Maintaining Peace, a small treatise on peace of heart, again by Father Jacques Philippe. So we're going to discuss that discuss this topic today of how to find that interior peace that nothing can shake. And Father Philippe begins this um, this book with uh, a passage from from the from the gospel, and and this is the reason that we can even have peace. The reason is that, <clears throat> as Christ said in John chapter fifteen, apart from me. You can do nothing. He did not say you can't do much, but he said you can do nothing. Without me, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that means that if we take these words seriously, then every good that we do depends on God. Every good that we do is really Christ acting in us, um, God operating in our life. And so for that reason, um, we need that peace in order for him to act. Peace is what allows God to have that space in our, in our hearts, in our, in our thoughts, in our soul, to, to do the good things that must be done. And what also flows from that is that it doesn't really depend completely on us. And when we know that it doesn't completely depend upon us, then we know that we can have peace. Um, one thing uh, you brought up, um, Brother Raymond, is that there are certain things, even in the scriptures, that seem to be um, examples where even Christ doesn't always have peace. And one of those is uh, his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Yeah, so we you, you, we have this idea that, oh, oh yes, of course, when God is in our soul, we're supposed to be at peace. But, you know, we have the God-man himself, uh, mm-hmm. You know the one who says, "My peace I give you, not like the world do, do I give you peace mm-hmm. this is this is the man of peace, and we have the story that he tells the disciples his soul is troubled even unto death, mm-hmm. and then he walks out to the garden to make his final prayer to the Father and says, "Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me right and 
this experience is so intense for him that he begins to sweat drops of blood and God sends an angel to comfort him. Right. This is you know, this is an intense experience. This isn't the piece of, you know, sleeping in on a Sunday morning and they bring <laughs> breakfast in bed. Uh, if, if there's any peace here, it's something else. Hmm. But I think uh, we, have, we have an excellent help in this investigation in St. Thomas, who talks about this at length. He, he really digs into what on earth is going on in the, in the mind of Christ at this time. Where, what, is, what is his will? What does he desire? And Thomas points out that, yes, in some way, Christ does not want to die. Of course, because death is a bad thing. Right. And in fact, even just at, at a sensory level, uh, even the way that you know an animal can be afraid of death, even though you know it doesn't have a soul, it doesn't have higher thought. Of course, we we can be afraid of death in the same way. But even more than that, we recognize that death is in itself something that is is truly evil. It is it is something opposed to the good, a good mm-hmm. that only only humans can understand. But even so. Christ realizes that despite the fact that his death is evil in itself, as far as it is ordered, as far as it is part of God's plan for the salvation of the world, it's part of something far greater. Hmm. And so really, as a whole, Christ wants to save the human race. He wants to restore what has been broken. Mm-hmm. And that includes saving us from death. And so the, and the only way to save us from death well, if that means enduring death, Christ will be willing to endure it, and that's why he, he finishes his prayer with, not my will be done, but your will. Hmm. And so, yeah, despite the, the intense pain, the, the certain sorrow that he feels in, in his soul, it's, and this is real, it's a real emotion, uh, upon thinking about his death, uh, on approaching his death, there really is a, a peace underneath it all because... He knows that he, he is willing to do this for a gr- much greater good and a good that he is certain to accomplish because mm-hmm. he is God. Mm. Yeah, so it shows that, that peace, peace isn't necessarily um, being able to control your emotions completely. Peace isn't, doesn't mean that you're not going to experience some, some, some difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, even bodily, but it means that you... Um, You've united yourself to to someone greater, you know, namely God Himself, and and God is going to um, to bear you through uh, whatever whatever difficulty there is. Um, so, and, and that's and that is it's, that's an important distinction, you know, that uh, and that as, as as Thomas says, it's you know, there's even the Lord Himself experiences that, you know. That agony, but it's not, it's not, it's not the agony of, you know, of 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 of, of despair or mm-hmm. or even of indecision of being torn between two things, right? Because that that certainly happens to us that uh, we we want a lot of good things that are that don't necessarily fit together, mm-hmm. and yet we want it all, and it can really disturb our peace when we can't have them. Right. You know, I want, uh, it might be, you know, you want a nice family life, but you also want a demanding career. These things are hard to fit together. Uh, mm-hmm. You might have to make a choice. Um, you want to uh, you know, satisfy your obligations to a family, but you also want to go, uh, you know, play sports three times a week. Well, it's, it's not that easy. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you, you have to give things up in life. We, we can't have it all. 
And this, it can really tear us apart when we, when we're not willing to give up these things because if we don't give them up, uh, one or the other thing is going to be taken from us. Right. Right. And Father Philippe points out in his book that one of the requirements, if we're going to have this kind of interior peace, is goodwill, meaning um, that we, we, we give ourselves to God. Um, we're opening ourselves uh, to God. We love and desire to serve him. Uh, and, and he quotes he quotes an interesting passage, you know, that we, we read at Christmas um, when the uh, the shepherds encounter the angels, you know, as we hear in the Gospel of Luke, they declare that you know peace to to a peace on earth to men of goodwill, those those who uh, those who are longing for for God uh, to come, those who give themselves to God, and and of course Christ has that, you know, Christ unites his will, you know, to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he experiences, especially in the Garden of Gethsemane and during his passion, um, all of the, the suffering that, that can be dealt out, you know, uh, nevertheless, um, inside, in that deepest place, uh, he is with his Father, you know, um, and, and, he, and he, he, he holds on to his Father. Even, you know, even perhaps when he, in one of the Gospels, he quotes, Psalm 22, you know, on the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Mm-hmm. Um, he prays that prayer, which is a great mystery. Um, but even though he, he feels on some level in his human nature uh, what that psalmist feels, someone who is, you know, um, at the very end of their endurance, you know, perhaps because of evil or unfairness or injustice or, or perhaps just simply sickness, extreme sickness of body, Nevertheless, um, he he holds on to his father. He's his father, quoting Psalm thirty-one: "Into your hands I commend my spirit." Um, even though he's that 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 suffering tries to get all the way inside of his, of, you know, he 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 won't allow it. You know, to enter to the very center. You know, he 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 holds on to his father. And places himself in the Father's hands, and so and so. Father Philippe points out that this this is really a necessary condition for this level of peace. But if we do seek that, and we don't even even have to be perfect, um, even if we're still, he points out, even if we're still on the way, even if we're weak, even if we fall, even if we continue to struggle with sin, still that that peace uh, can 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 be maintained in us. And and one one uh, he, then Father Philippe goes into some some things that 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 can threaten to remove that interior peace, um, and maybe we won't have time to cover all of them here, but but one of them that often happens is the troubles of life and the fear of not having something that we think we want or that mm-hmm. we need, um, and, yeah, and I think you were getting to that before. Yeah, there's there's plenty we we want, but we just can't guarantee that we'll be able to have it. Right, right. So in that um, that situation, uh, you know, you, you know, things that are very variable in nature, material goods, money, health, mm-hmm. power, or even things of a moral nature, human capabilities, esteem, the affection of certain people, or even sometimes of a spiritual nature, goods that we desire or consider necessary or afraid to lose, um, can when we face with that, we can we can sometimes set our you know our our, our hope so much on those things that we 
we, we in a sense step away from that, that foundation of just trusting everything into the hands of God. You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Reverend Brother Raymond Lagrange, a transitional Dominican deacon, and we've been discussing searching for and maintaining peace, how to maintain that deepest interior peace, even when many things in life threaten to take it away, especially following a wonderful book written by Father Jacques Philippe on this topic. And we were just speaking about some of those obstacles that can threaten that peace. Um, and, and one of those things that we run up against often is there's something that we want or, or there's something that the troubles of life threaten to take away. And the more we hold on to that one thing, you know, we're sort of, we begin to abandon um, that interior peace because we so much want this thing and we try to, we, we, we try to attain it. But if we realize that, um, that, uh, that God is the one who is the source of all good, that without him we can do nothing good, mm-hmm. uh, and then if it's something we really need, he will make sure we have it in the end, at least, um, then we can start to recover that uh, in, our, in our life. Yeah, and I think it's so helpful to realize we, we do, there, we will want good things, and that's part of being human. We're, we're supposed to want what's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do as Christians is that we don't want these things in isolation. We want them as far as they're they're part of our Christian lives. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's perfectly legitimate. It's a good thing to want a, a good job, a job that pays well, so you can take mm-hmm. care of a family, for example. But uh, you have to accept that God might have a more complicated life planned for you than than you originally thought. Things may not go as you expected. Uh, that doesn't mean. Uh, you're a failure, or God doesn't love you, or everything's, or God's plan has been ruined. Uh, it it just means that it's not working out the way we planned. Mm-hmm. And so, as long as our plans, we we give them over to God. At the end of the day, uh, we we still can and should want these good things because God does want to give us plenty of good things, even if we don't get all of them all the time. Right. As Father Philippe writes, our great drama is this: man does not have confidence in God. Hence, he looks in every possible place to extricate himself by his own resources and renders himself terribly unhappy in the process, rather than abandon himself into the tender and saving hands of his Father in heaven. Yet how unjustified this lack of confidence is! Isn't it absurd that a child would doubt his father when this father is the best and most powerful who could exist when he is the Father in heaven? In spite of that, it is in this absurdity that we most frequently live. And so we... So he points out that, again, it's that Christ's willingness, you know, even at the most extreme uh, suffering, as, he's, as, he's, as, he's, as his, life is, his human life is passing away from him, he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. You know, I think that interior peace in the face of possibly not getting or losing, not getting things we want or losing things we have, um, if we can get back to that, that root, that core, of trusting that that the Lord will provide for us, um, then we can start to recover it. And I think the Beatitudes are really helpful uh, here as well. If we take a Beatitude, for example, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. So meekness, uh, this word is 
kind of poorly understood. I think it only shows up in this part of the Bible. Nobody says this uh, day to day. I think it shows up in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy says she's meek. <laughs> That's the only other time I've heard it. But mm-hmm. what it means, it it comes from a, a Greek word that you would use it for somebody who's kind of calm and level-headed or mm-hmm. for an animal that's been tamed, an animal that's been broken. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean a, a common, gentle animal. I mean, a, a horse you ride into battle, that's also been, been tamed. It's been domesticated. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that somebody who's meek is somebody who's not flying off the handle, somebody who's right. got you know, their, their irascibility in check. Right. And so why is it that Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth? Well... Part of the reason that we're apt to fly off the handle, that we're apt to to get pugnacious and to start fights mm-hmm. with each other is because uh, just as humans, we feel like we have to fight to survive. It's mm-hmm. it's not easy to get by in the world. And it's not just materially, but I mean, uh, we have to fight to secure our reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to worry about what other people think of us. Right. Uh, these, these things are part of life. And it, rightly or wrongly, it's mm-hmm. it's just a fact that these this is what we deal with as humans. Mm-hmm. But we have this promise that as children of God, we will inherit the earth. Hmm. And it's not not to say that we'll inherit the earth in a a material sense, but all the goods that that we seek for, well, they all point to the ultimate good. Right. The ultimate good that we will attain in heaven. And so all the the good that's out there is really for us as Christians Mm -hmm. uh, to enjoy perfectly in heaven when— with God, we look upon everything as God sees it. Mm-hmm. And because we have this assurance of having everything we need in God, we don't have to fight on the earth for every last thing because we, we do have this promise that, yeah, we might not get what we want, what we expected. Uh, our physical and emotional needs might not necessarily be taken care of perfectly, but uh, we, we do have this promise that God can bring us to the end, it could bring us to ultimate happiness. Mm-hmm. Right, that that God is going to to stay with us. He's not going to let us go. He's not mm-hmm. going to abandon us. And that, yeah, meekness, you know, someone who's willing to kind of accept certain things or even listen. Uh, meekness can also mean listening, willing to learn in mm-hmm. a sense. You know, we, we can in a sense presume that, okay, well, uh, this isn't going the way that I wanted it to go or that I imagined it would go, but... Maybe I should be meek and listen to the to the Father's plan. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe His providence is going to look different, but I trust Him enough to uh, to keep going and trust that He is going to bring this all to good. One other thing, uh, another another thing that can, of course, shake our our peace is the fear of suffering. Um, you know, as Father Philippe points out, evil is a mystery, a scandal, and it always will be so. It is necessary to do what one can to eliminate it, to relieve suffering. But it also, it always remains present in our personal lives as well as in the world. Its place in the economy of redemption reveals the wisdom of God, which is not the wisdom of man. It always retains something incomprehensible. In Isaiah we read, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. Um, and how, how that that fear of, of, of evil is, is real. I mean, Christ, Christ experienced that in the garden. And yet, at the same time, um, one way to confront that, to not allow that to take away our inner peace, is, to, is again to have the confidence of a child 
in God, in his love, and in his wisdom. As we read in the letter to the Romans, now we know that God works in every way for the good of those who love him and are called in accordance with his plan. And also, um, the sufferings of the present time simply don't compare with the glory to come that will be revealed in us. Now, that's, of course, a very thumbnail view of that. But, but, there's, but he points that um, when, we, again, we look to Christ, when we look to the cross, um, we see that how Christ handled it, you know, how Christ handled that suffering. He didn't simply, you know, just gloss it over or step aside. He, he waded right into it, but he, he at the same time, um, always, always placed himself into the hands of his father. And one, perhaps one final thing that, that I think it's a very important, uh, that father Philippe talks about. One thing that can shake our peace is when we ourselves fall, um, into sin, when we ourselves uh, realize that that we have we have fallen, we we have made it a, a resolution, or perhaps we've made many resolutions in to follow Christ, and yet we keep stumbling, we keep falling. This is one of the great things that, as any uh, priest who's heard confessions can say, this is one of the great things that threatens interior peace. Um, but even here, as Father Philippe writes out, um, it's so important uh, to even when there is a fall. Uh, to try to to try to come back to that peace, um, he writes. <clears throat> we certainly must feel sorry for having sinned. Ask God for pardon. Humbly beg Him in a, to accord us with the grace not to offend Him again in, in this way, and resolve to go to confession in an opportune moment, without making ourselves sad or discouraged. We should recover our peace as quickly as possible, thanks to graces from on high, and resume our normal spiritual life as if nothing had happened. The more quickly we recover our peace, the better it will be. We make much more progress in this way than by becoming irritated with ourselves. Um, And he gives an example. A concrete example is the following. When we commit some fault or other under the assault of a trial that seizes us, we are often tempted to grow slack in our prayer life, to not spend, for example, our usual time in silent meditation. And we manage to find good justification for this. How can I, who have just fallen into sin, who have offended the Lord, how can I present myself before him in this state? And we need sometimes several days before we can resume our normal habits of prayer. But this is a grave error. This is nothing but false humility inspired by the devil. We must above all not change our habits of prayer. Quite the contrary. Where will we find healing for our faults if not close to Jesus? Our sins are a very poor pretext for distancing, distancing ourselves from him. Because the more we sin, the more we have a right precisely to approach him who says... The healthy are not in need of a doctor, the sick are. Indeed, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. If we wait until we are saints to have a regular life of prayer, we could wait a long time. Yeah, I think it's so important to, to understand along those lines that the, having been forgiven is a very good thing. Mm-hmm. That it is good to have been sick and have been healed by Christ because, you know, our own health, that, you know, that's nice, it's good, but. We're, what Jesus did, he's God, and his redemption of us, it's a far greater good than, you know, any our perfection could ever be. And so we really ought to to rejoice in having been forgiven. We don't rejoice in our sins, but right. that God forgives them. The uh, There's a great 16th century Dominican, uh, Francisco de Vitoria, he's known as the father of international law for his defense of, of the natives in uh, the Spanish colonies. Mm-hmm. And he took up this question, you know, is it maybe a better idea not 
to make promises to God because what happens if you fail later? Uh, David Torrey says, well, you can, if you fail in your promises, if you fail in your vows, say, you know, you do something, you, you enter a religious life and then sin terribly. Well, okay, yes, that makes the sin worse, but then you can repent and be forgiven and having been forgiven is so great a thing that uh, you should really love that idea. You should relish that idea and you should not be afraid of it. Um, and so, of course, you know, we don't want to sin. We want to avoid that. But, you know, we're playing the long game and thinking of all the contingencies and, you know, am I going to be sunk if I sin? Well, more than sin, we can trust God's redemption of us. And that that's worth more than any sin could ever weigh us down. Right. right. And, and Father Philippe even points out that because of our, our you know, the wound that comes from original sin, um, as he writes, we have a deeply rooted tendency toward pride that makes it difficult for us and even impossible to do good without appropriating it, appropriating a little of it for ourselves, without attributing it at least in part to our abilities, our merits, or our sanctity. Again, going back to that first quote, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not like you can't do very much, but yeah. <laughs> you can do nothing. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Yeah. If the Lord did not permit us from time to time to do wrong, to acquire some imperfection, we would be in great danger. We would quickly fall into presumptuousness and contempt of others. We would forget that everything comes freely from God. And as he writes, And nothing precludes true love more than this pride. In order to protect us from this great evil, the Lord sometimes allows a lesser evil, which consists in committing some kind of fault. And we should thank him for that, because without the safety net, we would be in great danger of being lost. So it's a very, it's, you have to be real, almost real delicate about how you say that. Yeah. You know, it's like God is not does not drive us into sin, but we could certainly say that sometimes he allows us um, to experience the consequences of our, mm-hmm. of our actions, of our faults. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't always keep us away from, just like, as soon as like parents, you know, like some parents, they don't always prevent all the bad effects of a bad decision that their child yeah. makes because they, they want you to, to see that, number one, you know, there are, are consequences to your actions, and number two, you know, you're not perfect. You know, sometimes it's sometimes that that humility can help us. So, but I think that's it's so important. Many people have their have their peace, interior peace, taken away by mm-hmm. their sins. Um, yeah, we so, f- we forget that. Uh, you know, it's not about us; it's about God, and He's He's still Himself. He will still forgive us, no matter what we've done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So whenever whenever we have that, even that peace, even when we stumble and fall into sin, to always remember. That Christ is is the physician, and he's come to seek and save those who are lost. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott. I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by a Reverend Brother Raymond Lagrange. Let's end with a prayer invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light of the church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, Freely you have poured forth waters of wisdom. Preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.